The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on January 27, 2013, based on 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 21, 26, and 27. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit points us to our Savior, Jesus Christ, so that we may serve him with our lives, is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, selected verses beginning with the 12th verse. For just as the body is one and has many parts, yet all the parts of the body, although they are many, are one body, so also Christ. For by one Spirit all of us were baptized to be one body, whether we were Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free. And all of us were given one spirit to drink. For the body is not one part, but many. If the foot would say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, it wouldn't for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear would say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body, it wouldn't for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, Where would a hearing be? And if there was only hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he wanted. If all of them were one member, where would the body be? Now the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. If one part suffers, all the members suffer together. If one member is glorified, all the members rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and members according to your part. This is the word of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. I... Follow Paul. He first brought us the gospel. No, I follow Apollos. Don't you remember how the gospel grew while he was here preaching? Both of you are following men who never were with Jesus during his ministry on this earth. So I, I follow Peter. All three of you are following mere men. I follow Christ. That, dear friends, is what was going on at the church in Corinth. You had these various people trying to puff themselves up by claiming to follow a better teacher than the others followed. And yet none of them, even those who claimed to follow Christ, truly listening to what these men had been teaching. If each of them had taken to heart what Peter or Apollos or or, or Paul or Christ had been saying, if they had really taken it to heart, taken that gospel to heart, there would not have been those divisions and factions among them. Rather, they would have been united in mind and thought as the good news of Jesus filled them and controlled their heart, mind, and will. But when the gospel is correctly taught, 
it unites us with the mind of Christ. And all four of those teachers that I listed were preachers of the truth, preachers of God's word. And so as Paul writes this letter to the Christians in Corinth, he again brings that saving word to them. He again draws their attention and focus to the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, for we should never assume that, oh, I already know the gospel, and so we can just sort of pass over that quickly. No. We need to always keep it at the heart and focus of our Christian life. And that's what Paul does here as he writes to the Corinthians. He again presents to them and proclaims to them Christ crucified. Not a Savior who puffs himself up, but a Savior who humbles himself to bear our sins, who humbles himself even to death on the cross to serve as our ransom, the only sacrifice that pays for sin. Yes, it sounds like foolishness and weakness to the human mind, but Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. And so also now in in Corinthians chapter 12, as Paul speaks about spiritual gifts, the apostle keeps our focus on the unity we have in Christ. That's where he wants the Corinthian Christians and us to focus on Christ. Yes, there is a diversity of gifts. The Lord does indeed bless us with different gifts, abilities, talents, different positions, roles, and and functions in this life. But this variety, these differences, ought not divide, but work together to care for the body. How can you, dear friend, how can you, dear Christian, properly use the gifts, talents, abilities, the positions, roles, and functions that God has given to you? Consider that question as we ponder these words that the Holy Spirit gave the Apostle to write, words that picture us as members or parts of the body of Christ. Guided by these words of the Spirit, we focus on this theme. As Christ's members, we care for each other. We do that, united in Christ by baptism, part one. And we do that, serving one another as God has arranged it. Part two. Part one. The Apostle writes, The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. Now our bodies obviously have many different parts. Even a little child knows that. We have our different parts, our different members. Eyes and ears, mouth and nose, head and feet, hands and toes. Just to name a few. And yet all these many and varied parts with their different gifts and abilities, their different roles and functions, they all form one body. 
so also Christ. Notice how the apostle keeps our focus where it belongs. You see, he could have written, so also the church. And that would have been biblical and true and correct. For we are certainly members of the church. And we can picture the church as a body. And we as the various parts of it. In fact, that's the word I would have expected here. But the Holy Spirit says so much more when he says Christ. Many parts, one body, so also Christ. For you see, dear Christian friends, we are not only united together as the community of believers, as the church of God, we are united together as the body of Christ. He in us and we in him. We are the members. He is the body. What a marvelous, miraculous, mysterious union. So close our connection, our union with Christ. It is as if he is the body and we are his individual members. How does such a miraculous union come about? The apostle tells us, doesn't he? For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. When you, dear Christian, were baptized with water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you were given the Spirit to drink. For you see, to drink the Holy Spirit is to drink the living water, that is to believe the Spirit's testimony that points us to Christ, who alone is our life. And it doesn't matter what you were or who you were before, Jew or Greek, slave or free, young or old, rich or poor, whatever your class, status, culture or background was. Through baptism, the Holy Spirit united you with Christ. You became a member of his body. What a wonderful miracle of the Holy Spirit. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, the body of Christ. Now, dear friend, do you at times struggle wondering whether you are truly a part of Christ's body? Truly a member joined together with him? Do you wonder whether the Holy Spirit truly lives in you? Look back to your baptism. Do you believe the promises that the triune God made to you through the water and word of baptism? In baptism, 
the Holy Spirit gave you rebirth into God the Father's family. Yes, you who were a slave to Satan and headed to hell, you were reborn as a child of God and heir of heaven. In baptism, the Holy Spirit washed away your sins with the blood of God, the Son, making you brand new. You were clothed with Christ. And he himself, Jesus Christ, presented you to his Father as his glorious bride, pure, holy, and blameless. Yes, in baptism, the Holy Spirit himself, God the Holy Spirit, gave you who were dead in sin new life. He made you spiritually alive in fellowship with the living God. Believe the promises that God himself made to you when you were baptized with water in his name. For through these promises, the Holy Spirit truly lives in you so that you are a member of Christ's body as long as you continue in your faith, firmly clinging to the promises proclaimed to you through the water and word of baptism. You are a member of Christ's body, united in Christ by baptism. And how this affects the way we use the gifts that God has given us. Yes, as we use the gifts, talents, abilities... As we carry out the different roles, functions, and positions the Lord has given us in life. As you do that, dear Christian friend, remember your baptism. Remember you are united in Christ. Through faith in Him, you are a member of His body. As Christ's members. Care for each other. Care for one another as we serve each other in the way that God has arranged it. And this brings us to the second part here today. The Apostle continues and writes, Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand... I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, Oh, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. Dear Christian friends, guard against that false kind of humility that thinks that there's not much for you to do in God's kingdom work. Yes, it's, it's easy to look around and see the gifts, talents, and abilities that others have, or to see the different position, roles, and functions that they carry out and think, well, I don't measure up to that. There is not much for me to do. I, God doesn't have much use for what I can offer. 
Now, that may at first sound humble, but it's a false humility that ends up being an excuse not to serve. It, it, it reminds me of, of Moses at the, the burning bush when the Lord called him to lead Israel out of Egypt. Yes, Moses certainly was a humble man, but at times that humility became a false humility that, 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 that turned into an excuse not to serve. Think, think of what Moses said at the bush. It starts out rather humble, but becomes more of a, an excuse than anything else by the end. He says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And God answers him. And later he comes up with another excuse. What if they don't believe me? Why should they believe someone like me? And then again, oh, but I can't talk. I, I don't speak well. And finally he says, just send someone else. I don't want to do it. And God became angry. He's not pleased with false humility that becomes excuses not to serve. And so, dear Christian friends, Remember that it is God himself who has arranged the parts of the body. It is God himself who has given you the gifts, abilities, and talents that you have, who has, has blessed you with different positions, roles, and functions in life. Don't think that there is no use for what you can do. God certainly has a use for you. Don't think that there is no way in which you are able to serve because God has blessed you. And so we need to guard against that kind of false humility that simply tries to excuse our lack of serving others, our lack of helping the body of Christ. God has given us different gifts and abilities. Use them for his glory. And he also places us in different roles and positions in life. And at times, it's tempting to look at them at the way the world looks at them and rates certain positions and roles as high and others as low. But God has a use for all of them and he places us in our different positions and roles and gives us our different functions in life for the good of the body of Christ. So whether he gives you roles or positions as husband or wife, as parent or child, as teacher or student, as pastor or parishioner, as worker or employer, think about how you can serve in those ways so that God is glorified and his body is cared for. You see, Paul makes it clear here that there is a purpose and a use for each of us. He writes, If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. There is no useless Christian. God knows what he is doing. 
And so, just as we guard against this false humility that thinks God may, has, does not have a use for us, we also guard against a false pride that can look down at what others do and think that their gifts don't measure up to what God has enabled us to do or, or to think that their position is lower than ours. Paul writes, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. We need each other, dear Christian friends. We need each other as the members of the body need one another, no matter what the varied gifts, uh, talents, or abilities are, no matter what the different positions, roles, or functions may be. God has arranged it. He knows what he is doing. And so, how are we to use the gifts, talents, abilities, the different functions, uh, positions, and roles that the Lord has blessed us with? Well, first of all, remember that your different abilities and talents are gifts from God. Whether you were born with them or whether you acquired them through study or hard work, they are gifts. Unearned, undeserved, unmerited, gracious gifts. And so also, whether we rate a position as high or low, or think of a certain role or function as more important or less important, it is God who has placed us in the different positions in life that we are in. And he knows what he is doing. And as we remember that all of these, whether we are talking about talents and abilities, or whether we're talking about our positions and roles in life, all of these are gifts. You see how that guards against that false humility? For we each have divine gifts that come from God himself. And it also again guards against false pride. For they are undeserved, gracious gifts. So first of all, as we use what God has given us, our gifts and our roles in life, we keep that proper attitude. And secondly, realize that these are all spiritual gifts when we use them for the body of Christ. Yes, the Holy Spirit can give supernatural gifts for us to use, but he can also take our natural gifts and sanctify them so that we are able to use them to care for the body of Christ. And that is just a greatest miracle as the other. And so, as you look at the talents, abilities, and gifts the Lord has given you, as you look at the position and, 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 and roles and functions that God has given you to carry out in this life, consider how you can use them to build up the body of Christ. So that when a fellow member is suffering, when there is sadness or pain, how can you sympathize, encourage, comfort, and help? Yes, this certainly includes the physical help we can give, but it includes more as well. For you see, true comfort comes only 
in Christ Jesus. He is our hope. His word brings patient endurance, for Jesus has conquered death, sin and death for us. And likewise, it's not only when a fellow member suffers, but also, also when a fellow member is honored and, and, re, and, and has joy. We too rejoice together. We rejoice around the cross of Christ. We boast in our Savior, Jesus Christ, and Him crucified. We proclaim the glory of our Savior slain as our joy that unites us. Notice how Paul reminds us of this as he closes the section here. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Yes, dear Christian friend, as Christ's members, united in Christ, by faith, we care for each other, for we are the body of Christ, and the Holy Spirit has given you different gifts and different roles to serve the body as God has arranged it. Amen. Peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.